0: Let us turn in our Bibles to John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. Or Your bulletins have it printed there as well as we continue our study of the book of John. John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. This is the word of God. On the last day of the feast... The great day, Jesus stood up and cried, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, has said, Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, Whom those who believe in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us your word, that you inspire your word to those you reveal it, and that now as we open your word today, we know that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have understanding of it. We pray, Lord, that you will increase our faith, that you will calm the thirst of our hearts as we read from these verses, that you will help us, Lord, to take it into our hearts, that they will have an impact and an effect in our lives. We also pray for those that are thirsty, those that have not yet come to faith that you may grant them through the power of the Holy Spirit new birth, new life in Christ so that as they read these verses, they read these words, they will make sense to their hearts that that you will reveal to them spiritual things that can only be understood through the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray for the nourishment of our souls. May you help us, Lord, as we study together these verses in Jesus name we pray amen let me walk us to this point as we uh, remember some of the things that has happened before this event here uh, this has this i have been doing for the past weeks some of you have already heard this few times and you have already probably forgotten, maybe. Some of you who have good memory, better than my memory, remember everything. And some of you have never heard about these things, these events, before this moment when Jesus stood up and said these words. So it's going to be beneficial for you. So Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus, decided to stay for a long time or longer than expected in Galilee because he knew about the plans of the religious leaders in Jerusalem who wanted to kill him. He came there when it was the Passover feast and now the feast of the tabernacles was at hand. Jesus' brothers, blood brothers, came to Jesus and encouraged Jesus to go there to Jerusalem And take advantage of this opportunity that many people will gather together at the Feast of the Tabernacle because this was the most important festivity of the Jews. and They were encouraging him to go there, to show his power, to show his miracles, so his ministry will be visible to people. But John, the uh, evangelist who writes to us this letter, revealed to us that their motivation was not coming from faith, that they did not believe in Jesus. And therefore, they were probably encouraging him to go there so that Jesus' ministry would regain strength and probably they would see the benefits of being around Jesus. Then Jesus didn't follow their advice, didn't go with them right away, but he went to Jerusalem later in the week when the feast was already going on in Jerusalem. He didn't go in public, but in private, meaning that he didn't go there making uh, miracles, making miraculous signs, but he went straight to the temple where he was preaching the word. People were marveling about his teaching. They were wondering, how is it that this man with uh, is speaking with such authority. We know that probably he didn't go through the schools that the other rabbis have gone. He have not learned through uh, Gamaliel. Um, all these famous uh, Bible teachers or Old Testament teachers in Jesus' time, they were wondering where did this, this man get his understanding and knowledge. Others, on the other hand, were wondering How is it that the religious leaders have not captured Jesus? They knew about their plans to kill Jesus, and yet they were not acting on these plans. Therefore, they knew that the religious leaders wanted to kill Jesus, but they were wondering, and they even thought that maybe they know something that we don't know. Maybe they know that this is actually the Messiah. But then Jesus is there preaching in front of them, Jesus is then there preaching his message, the message that he came to deliver. Now, John moves us forward to the end of the tabernacle celebration. So remember, he didn't go at the beginning of the week when the celebration started. He went in the middle, it's where he's teaching there and preaching there. That's the previous verses that we read. And now he moves us forward to the last part of the celebration where Jesus stands and delivers this message. Jesus is using uh, a metaphor to speak about something that is spiritual, a spiritual need that people have. Therefore, what we are going to try to do this afternoon, what we are going to do this afternoon is to understand the meaning of some of the words that Jesus is using here that are speaking about something Physical, but it has a spiritual meaning. But before we do that, which is that we're going to look at the, and understand what Jesus means by being thirsty, coming to Jesus, drinking from Jesus, and living water, which are the four things that we're going to look at in these verses, we're going to see what is the importance of the setting. The moment when Jesus is saying these words, it has great importance. Jesus starts or John starts telling us that this happened on the last day of the the feast, the great day. One thing that is different between Jesus and us is that we all make plans. We make plans about what we're going to do this coming week. Maybe we already have a plan for this week. We have plans for what we're going to do this month or what we're going to do for the rest of this year. Or some of you that plan ahead of time you plan what you're going to do next year and the coming years. We make a lot of plans. And I think that what we have gone through or we went through together in the world with COVID taught us that you plan something, but something different is what happened. It is because we are not in control of the circumstances. We, we can plan things, and it's, it's good that we plan things, but we, I think that by this time we should know that we plan things. But we should be prepared that things might change because we have no control of all the circumstances. But with Jesus, is different. Jesus is God. He is in control. And the plans that he made, he made it before the foundation of the world, before everything existed in eternity. All the events that has happened throughout the history of humanity were planned by God before everything existed. And everything that he planned happened exactly as he planned it. It is not that Jesus has to adjust the plan because something came in the, in the middle and something happened that changed the circumstances. But everything that he planned from the beginning before the foundation of the world in eternity has happened exactly as it happened. Therefore, when Jesus goes there To this celebration first of all that he goes there in the middle of the week he didn't go at the beginning of the week he went there at the time that he had planned before the foundation of the world and when he stands there in front of this multitude of people that are hearing his voice hearing what he's saying he's doing something that he planned before the foundation of the world before everything existed In fact, the very celebration that they were having there was part of Jesus' plan. And Jesus being there at that moment was planned to to happen because he was fulfilling what that celebration meant. So it is the last day of the feast, the the great day. And in that day, priests will go to a nearby lake with a jar of gold to get some water from that lake and bring that to the temple and pour that water at the altar. That had the purpose of helping the Israelites with the whole tabernacle celebration to remind them that God delivered them from the Egyptians that he made them walk through the desert walking towards, towards the promised land. But it's also reminding them that while they were walking in the desert, that they were walking through the desert, they got thirsty. There was no water. And God provided for them from a rock, water. When the priest is bringing that water into the temple, is helping the Israelites that are in front of Jesus and in front of everybody to remember God's provision. God is providing for them. Jesus now is coming in front of them. And he stood up and he said these words, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. What Jesus is doing is basically saying, all what you are doing right now, all these events at this celebration were pointing towards this moment that I plan before the foundation of the world. I taught you to celebrate this in order to remember what happened in the past, how I delivered you, how I walked you through the desert towards the promised land, how I provided for you. But this had a greater purpose, which is pointing towards that, at that moment, the present, that Jesus, who was the rock who is the rock from where they got that water, was fulfilling what they were celebrating about the past. Think for a moment about that. They were all focused in that celebration. Probably some of these people were doing this in a mechanical way. It was something that they would celebrate year after year. They would build up this structure of wood, They will put those structures outside and people will be outside as they were when they were in the desert. And they are seeing that water being transported to remember that God provided water for them. But probably some of them, as it happened even in our time, were doing this in a mechanical way. Yet Jesus is standing in front of them saying, all what you are doing right now, all the history before this very moment, all the history of the people of Israel is about me and what I am about to do. So that's the importance of the setting. It is important that Jesus stood up there in front of them, no any day of the week or any time because he saw the opportunity to teach another lesson, as maybe some of us will do when we see an opportunity we will do it, It is because Jesus chose that moment because that moment was already planned before the foundation of the world to happen. Now, let's look at, at the things that Jesus is saying here to the crowd. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Remember, they are thinking, or at least those who were really thinking about the ceremony about God's provision for the people of Israel, right? How he provided for them throughout the desert. This is the end of the harvest season. How he provided water for them when they were thirsty in the desert. And Jesus is saying this about him. If anyone thirsts. When was the last time you experienced real thirst? Think, Think about that. I mean, we live in a time, we live in times in which, and especially in a place where water is available everywhere. If you are not that fearful, you can go through those doors and you can just get water tap. right? You will drink it from there. But if you might be more concerned about what's coming from there, You can get some of that water, and it's available. And actually, I think that water is not that expensive. Somebody might disagree with me, but you can get a lot of water for little money compared to what a lot of people around the world in other places have. In fact, think about this. A pack of water, it will be like gold in that time, right? Think about that. And it's gold in some other places. And people will actually try to drink it with moderation, little by little. So sometimes we, we, we don't appreciate so much what we have available, and it's hard for us to understand some of the things that are said here. In fact, the people of Israel, when they are at that celebration, the tabernacle celebration... They had water available for them, even though they were living in a place where water was not as available as it is right now. They had water available for them. But they were doing this celebration in order to remember that time when the people of Israel did not have that water. They are with the images of the tabernacle, and tabernacles, the little... Uh, uh, structures of wood that they made and the images of the water being transported, remember to the, remembering the moment when the people of Israel did not have that water. Now, Jesus is saying, If anyone thirst what do you think people thought? Was he talking about physical thirst? Somebody might have thought, I am not. I'm not thirsty, I just got some water, or I just drank something, and I am not that thirsty. But Jesus was actually talking about soul thirst. In fact, for them, if anyone is desiring in their heart, for those that were more theological, theological, if anyone in this room at that moment is desiring on their heart, for that prophecy of the Old Testament to be fulfilled right now, that the Messiah is here. He is speaking to them. But he is also speaking to those that were in that room or in that place where Jesus is standing up and they were so thirsty. Their souls were thirsty for something. What is good about this is that this is speaking directly to us As well today, people are soul thirsty. God created us to worship Him. That's the very purpose of any human being. Therefore, everyone is thirsty for God, even though he or she does not realize that. The thing is that most of us don't identify thirst in our souls. It's easier for us to identify that I'm thirsty and I need to drink some water. I'm hungry and I need to eat some food. Or I'm tired and I need to rest. Or I'm emotionally sad and broken and I need some encouragement. But it's difficult for people to identify that what what there is, what, what is going on in their heart is that they have thirst for God. Therefore, what... People do often is go and calm that thirst with different things. Materialism. How much can I get, and I get, and I get, to see if that can appease the thirst of my soul? Power. Money. Success. Sex. Drugs. Alcohol. People try to calm that thirst of their soul's using all kinds of things. But what is the result? The result is unsatisfaction. And it is simple, because only God can, can calm that thirst. So when Jesus is standing there and saying, is anyone thirst? That is what he is talking about. If anyone has that emptiness and thirst in their hearts, even though they don't know for God, if anyone, no, if a few people, if anyone, everyone have that thirst, but if anyone have that thirst, let him come to me and drink. Second, coming to Jesus. That's also a very interesting concept. Coming to Jesus. What did he mean, let him come to me? Did he mean if there was, if the crowds was there and there were people far away and he was saying, let him come is get close that I can help you. But if you are close, physically close to me, or did he mean something else? We know that he meant something else. Coming to Jesus is not a movement of the body, but it's a movement of the heart. You can come to church, you can come to Bible study, you can come to a place where the Word of God is taught physically, yet your heart is still in the place where you were. Coming means moving from one place to another. But moving from where? Moving from the place where you are feeling or calming your thirst. You are calming your thirst again, probably with uh, material things or all these different things that humans try to calm their thirst with. And coming to Jesus means leaving that and moving to Christ. You cannot come to Jesus if, you stay, if your heart still stays there. In fact, sometimes people try to do that, try to come to Christ to get something from him. But at the same time, they continue to go back and calm their thirst with the things that this world is offering to them. So Jesus is saying, are you thirsty? If you're soul thirsty, if you're heart thirsty, move from where you are, where, from where you are trying to calm your thirst and move towards me. Now, coming to Jesus also means or requires that you acknowledge your brokenness. You cannot come to Jesus thinking that you are right because there you are not coming to him. Coming to Jesus requires repentance. Remember when Jesus announces the coming of his kingdom, he says, repent and believe. Coming to Jesus requires repentance. Coming to Jesus requires that you need Jesus, that you know that you need Jesus, that you recognize that. Then is when you come to him. Then, you are thirsty, right? Then you come to Jesus. Then what you do is you drink. Drink from Jesus. What does it mean to drink from Jesus? Well, Jesus responds that, uh, that, question right away in the following verse. He says whoever believes in me to drink from Jesus is to believe in Jesus. To drink from Jesus is to put your faith in Christ. But think about this when we think about why would Jesus use that concept of drinking When you drink something, that thing that you drink becomes part of you, becomes who you are. You drink it, it goes through your mouth, and eventually it goes through your blood. It goes through your whole being. So drinking speaks about our union with Christ. Because through faith in Christ, when we believe in Christ, we are more than just believing that Christ does something and that he opens a door for us there, but it means that when I am believing in Christ and united to Christ and united to Him. So Jesus is telling everyone in that place, you sense that your soul is thirsty. What you have to do is leave what you are doing, or leave the place where you are getting or where you are trying to fulfill that emptiness. Come to me and believe in me. Now, drinking or believing in Jesus is something that happened more than once. It is true that when we trust in Jesus for salvation, we believe in him, we are justified. We are declared as just once. We don't need to be declared as just every time or every day that we as some people say or think, we do that prayer and then we are declared as just again. This is a, a one thing that happened once and forever. But drinking from Jesus is something that happened for the believer every single day of your life. Why are you here? You came here last week. Why did you come again? Why did you open the Bible tomorrow? Again, for your devotional. Why do you go to your Wednesday or Thursday or Tuesday or Friday Bible study? Why do you meet with people to read God's Word? Why do you pray and read God's Word every day? It's because you are drinking and drinking from Jesus. It's because you are thirsty every day. It is not that you, you are thirst your thirst is common forever, We should not misinterpret what Jesus said to the Samaritan woman when he said in chapter 4, verse 13, Jesus said, everyone who drinks of this water will will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. Doesn't mean that if you trust in Jesus, you don't need to go back to Jesus again and again and again and again. We have to. The only difference between us going to Jesus to calm our thirst is that Jesus really calm our thirst. But any of the things that are in the world never come our thirst. We deceive ourselves thinking that through those things, our thirst is calm. But drinking and calming is something that we do every day, every hour, and we we'll see it more at the end of this message. And the last thing that is important for us to understand and define is what does it mean, living water? Jesus says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living waters." Well, first of all, I want to tell you that if you go and read some commentaries, you will find out that some people have interpreted that that Jesus does not continue talking here. Some people believe that it's actually John talking him about Jesus, that from Jesus will flow rivers of living water. So basically there are two interpretations. One is as clear as we read it here in the text, that Jesus is talking about the individual from where the water is flowing, And others that are interpreting that this means that the water is flowing from Jesus. I I believe that it means what we read here in our versions. Which is that out of the individual that have drunk from Jesus will flow rivers of living water. But now what is living water? Well again, thanks God... This time is not Jesus, but John, the evangelist, explained to us right away. Now this he said, the living water, about the Spirit. The living water is the Spirit. The water is the Spirit. Now here is an important thing that he's saying here. Whom those who believe in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit have not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Here is referring to that uh, historical event, event in Pentecost when the Holy Spirit will be given to God's people. But that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit was not working or didn't work throughout the Old Testament. Any any time throughout the Old Testament, when a person trusted in God, it was because it was a work of the Holy Spirit. Nobody can trust in Jesus and believe or believe in God unless there is a work of the Holy Spirit. So he's referring here to an important event for the early church and the inauguration of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But what is significant, I think, for us here, when we look at what we are reading, that Jesus is talking about being thirsty, coming to Him, and drinking, is that once you drink, you are not just, your thirst is not just calm, but also from your heart will flow rivers of living water. A similar thing Jesus said to the Samaritan woman. He said, but whoever drinks of this water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. That water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. What does this mean? It means that coming to Christ and drinking from Jesus will produce fruits in the individual that comes and drinks from him. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in the person that is transforming, that is shaping the character, that is is using the individual to be that flow of rivers of living water towards those that are around them. Somebody was, uh, or we were having a conversation about what, what should be, or what is the motivation that we all Christians have for sharing the gospel with others? I think the motivation comes from what the, the Lord is doing in our hearts, that he's moving us. It's the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit that we share with others what God is doing in our hearts. Here is a question for anyone in this room. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Have you identified in your heart this emptiness or this thirst for something? And maybe you have tried again and again and again to fill that emptiness or that thirst with, again, materialism. Or pleasures. Or trips. Or whatever. Whatever. Even food, have you tried and you have realized that nothing actually fulfills that thirst in your heart? A wealthy person once was asked, how much much more is enough? The answer was, a little more. And once he got that little more, if you ask that question again, how much more then? A little more. Only Christ can calm that thirst that is in your heart. Even if you think that you are not thirsty. I remember one time meeting with an international student that I was sharing the gospel with for a couple of years and we got to this point where he was kind of an assistant in the Bible study because he will answer all the questions and he will uh, tell people uh, what is the right way to understand and interpret and and I come to him, his name was River, or his English name was River, and ask him, so do you believe in God? He said, I don't need it. I have everything. You know, my dad has everything. Maybe in the future i let you know when I will need it. He didn't realize that he was thirsty. It's not that he wasn't thirsty. I could see how he was pursuing this or that and never felt fulfilled because only jesus can fulfill that thirst in your heart now here is a question for you christian because you might think i already i knew i i learned that i was thirsty therefore i came to jesus and i have drunk from from jesus i have trusted in jesus i believe in jesus he calmed my thirst are you still thirsty are you still trying to go back to, to fill that emptiness with other things or calm that thirst with waters of this world? Because that's a possibility as well. Maybe you felt that that thirst was calm when you trusted Jesus for the first time and it lasts for, a, for, for some time, but later you have found yourself empty, thirsty, and trying to find answers somewhere else. The answer for that is simply simple. Are you thirsty? Come to Jesus again. Drink from Him. Because we need to come back to Christ again and again and again. We have or I have said this many times, that's why we need to hear the gospel again and again and again, because we are always thirsty, and only the gospel can come that thirst. In your heart. Come to Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you set that divine appointment in which Jesus stood up and spoke to the crowd. And we were not there present, but we are here today hearing the same words. Is anyone thirsty? Let him come to Christ and drink. Help us, Lord, to come to you. We pray for those that have not come yet and drunk from Jesus. We pray that you will bring them to you, that they will find what they have been looking for. And help us, Lord, if we have left, maybe from drinking from you to come back and continue to grow in our faith because only you can calm the thirst of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.